This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hello, my family and friends. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. If you are a frontline hero, police, fire, EMS, military, or medical professional, then you are in the right place and this show is for you. This week, I'd like to introduce you to our guest for episode number 14 of this podcast, Row, let's go, Davis. Enjoy. So, are you still in law enforcement? Or are you retired? I, I'm not even going. I was about to say I expired. How about that? <laughs> I expired out. <laughs> but now nah, I'm not in it, like working it. But like my heart is still in it. My soul is still in it. You know, I would love to share my insight, my wisdom with you know law enforcement officers new old as well as the community you know like because i know both worlds you mm-hmm. know i know both worlds so let me hear your story because i didn't hear i heard a little piece about you know your depression when you were on stage but um where'd you grow up let's see the story i'm from a small town i'm from a small town you know man everybody knows everybody and the things that I didn't value, like the place where I come from, I didn't value that growing up because I saw with a different set of eyes. Like I said, that view's different there, you know, because where I'm from, all you see is the same old same, you know, and yeah, it's kind of, it makes you feel stuck when you're young, yeah. especially yeah. going through traumas and dramas, you know, you're looking for a way out sort of sense. Mm-hmm. And like, with that being said, you learn to find the hero within yourself. You know, growing up, protecting what I felt like, protecting my mom, protecting my sisters, my family, just protecting. I always wanted to protect and serve. And so I joined the military first. And, like, it was joy for me. Like, I what, did everything what branch? I did. I was in the Army. Okay. Yeah. But everything I did, I mean, I did it with love and with passion. But then to be awakened to a whole different life of it is like, wow, it kind of hurts, you know? 
Yeah. Because I was traumatized in the military, you know, like true story. But yeah. anyway, then I um I got out of the military and um well I actually joined law enforcement while I was still in the military. I was still reserved, you know, guard. But you know, my mom was proud of me for both. She was kind of skeptical about the law enforcement part. She was scared. I mean, she was scared. Her daughter, you know, a law enforcement officer. Oh, but when I did go through the academy, I was getting my um, master's degree as well. I was getting my master's degree. So I was writing a dissertation while I was going through the police academy. And, you know, I remember wanting to quit. Like I wanted to quit. And my mom encouraging me. Although she didn't like it, she she always respect what I chose because she knew I was strong. She knew I was powerful. She knew I just wanted better, you know, so she supported better. And, you know, I, I made it out successfully. I made it out of the Criminal Justice Academy. Like, with my only struggle was shooting. I'm going to be honest. That was my only struggle. <laughs> you know, the range. But I got I made it through that. But I made it, and my mom was on the way to my graduation. But my mom was sick. My mom had lupus, you know, and uh, I'm sorry. So she, she battled with uh, pulmonary. So she didn't like she was on the way, but she couldn't make it any further. So she stayed at my brother's house. That's as far as she could make it because she didn't want to run out of oxygen. You know, all of the yeah, insecurities, yeah. all of the fear, you know, so that made it even more special. What color was your police uniform? It was blue. But, blue, but in okay. the academy, in the academy, it was cactus. Oh, okay, okay. Over here in New York, they wear grays in the academy, and oh. then it's a and then it's a dark navy blue when when you come out. Okay, yeah. I I wonder what the colors mean. Like that might be something interesting for me. Anyway, it just made my mind go there. On I mean, because colors mean a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Psychology of colors. So I mean, being that we wear khakis and y'all wear gray. But I'm going to actually look that up, though. It's uh, when you're a recruit in the military, you know, all law enforcement is paramilitary. It's kind of like the military, but it's a lot less stringent, you know. But they yeah. definitely want to mold you to their way of thinking, you know. I made it. Like, I was a leader. In the military, I was a leader. I was a platoon leader. Platoon leader, yeah. Yeah, in the law enforcement academy, I was the same. I was always, always a leader. Always a leader, but I knew how to follow. But I wasn't that secure with my voice, my intelligence. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I Because I came from where I came from, you know, I wasn't that secure. But now... Georgia? Georgia or... No, South uh, Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. What part? What's it close to that I would know? Like, I, I definitely wouldn't know the town. What are you close to, South Carolina? Like, is it the east, west, south part? Like, I'm near Columbia. You heard of Columbia? Columbia. That's yeah. What, yeah, I heard of Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk. So how, oh, is, how long is y'all's academy? It's uh, six months. And I was in the city NYPD for uh, five months. I had like a month and a half left to go to graduate. And then I got hired on my next job while I was still in that academy. So I just resigned from that one. And went through another academy. So I had like almost 11 straight months of academy time. And I enjoyed every minute of it because I felt like I was getting paid to run and paid to learn. You know, I had gone through criminal justice in college. So the academic part 
wasn't tough. And the physical part I had been training for for like a year before the city academy. You know, I had been training mm-hmm. for it running. Uh, running was my struggle, but I got better. You know, I got better. And, and in the city academy, I actually broke my foot wow. <laughs> running on uh, cobblestone on FDR Drive. I'll never forget it. The stones were uneven. Yeah. So, that, you know, it was like very, very uneven. So I must have stepped down hard on one of the stones, like in the middle of my foot. And it was kind of like when Forrest Gump got shot in the butt (laughs) and he just kept running. He's like, something something was stinging. Well, something was stinging in my foot and it felt like a bee sting, but it was in like the top of my foot and it was in the bottom of my foot. I had never broken a bone before, so I had no idea what that feeling felt like. I was just like, man, something doesn't feel right. But I just, you know, I toughed it out. I ran through, I finished the run. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. (laughs) I had a good time. and. And then I found out like three days later, my foot started swelling. And I was like, oh, I guess I should go see the doctor now because it was the size of a balloon. And yeah. um, they, they were like, yeah, you broke a bone in your foot. So they gave me a soft cast and I had to sit for like six weeks. I think they said four to six weeks. I gave it four weeks before I went back to PT and I had to sit and watch them do the boxing part of the. Uh, and I was like so jealous in the academy yeah in pt i had to sit on the yeah. bench and watch everybody else do pt <laughs> that was and the that's roughest what you part yeah yeah oh man that's dope that's you doing, so you said thought, boxing yeah in the nypd they were doing like a little bit of boxing with boxing gloves but this is 1998 so every so often they change the curriculum you know they change what they're doing now i think most departments incorporate a little bit of jujitsu for uh joint manipulation and like you know body manipulation i know my department definitely has jujitsu in it but when i was in the city yeah it was boxing and baton work we had the the baton the i forget what it's called the one with the handle on it that's coming out the side and it goes along the the forearm is it pr 16 of the pr something yeah yeah. the old school one Yeah, yeah yeah Dang, that's that. I mean, that's interesting. It's, I think it's dope because South Carolina is totally different. There is none of that stuff. We do uh, DDT or hand to hand, you know, combat. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, yeah. but I mean, it's nothing but more of joint manipulation and de-escalation. You know, yes. it's definitely like engage. We, you know, like they're more of disengage. I'm pretty sure when. Even though they were teaching boxing, they also were teaching verbal judo. So that was important too. Like they called it verbal judo, talking people down, yeah. de-escalation. So they were they were talking that even 20 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were doing that even 20 years ago. So tell me about how you found Mr. Les Brown and how you found that whole because that that's amazing that uh I saw the opportunity to be one of his speakers too. And I like part of me wish, you know, I guess that wasn't my journey. Part of me wished that I had done it also, you know, because that was still, amazing. And it's still available. It's still available for you. Don't count yourself out. It's still available for you. <laughs> for real. But I found them Clubhouse. I started radio doing iHeartRadio October 2020. Because it's coming up one year, one year that I will. Be, that's what I was. I was speaking about him when I first started, because when I first started, it was just me. Mano a mano. I was speaking to the world, 
You know, I didn't really, I didn't know what I was doing. I was building, you know. And then I started interviewing my music artists and I just kept growing. But Clubhouse, when Clubhouse came about and um, I went in a room called Sister Soul Circle, which is hosted by Victoria Finch. She's also in, in Hungry to Speak with me. And, you know, I was just speaking with her and her other circle, her panel, you know, the other moderators one day when they let me on stage and we was just speaking. And I said something about Les Brown because I love Les Brown. Like Les Brown saved my life when I was a kid. Like when I didn't know what to do, when I didn't know how to speak life because everything around me was dead, you know, like I found Les Brown and I listened to him. Like I've been listening to him for 20 something years, you know? So this is what I have in me. I have this positive word, you know, Les Brown stuff in me. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking on the stage and she said, and Victoria says, Les will be in our room tomorrow morning, you know? (laughs) And I was like, oh, heck yeah, you know? So I went back and I had to wait for like three hours, you know, because you're on your mobile device. I only have one. Everybody's calling me. Everything's happening. And I'm like, I'm not answering none of these calls. Like, I'm going to stay on this stage, you know. So I finally get my turn to speak. And I let him know, hello, Mr. Les Brown. This is Rashika Davis, you know, Jesse Lee's baby girl. Because he refers to himself as Mrs. Mamie Brown's baby boy. Baby boy, right? always... Everybody always referred to me as Jesse Lee's baby. My mom always referred to me as her baby. Like, if that could have been my name, she probably would have named me Jesse Lee's baby. You know? Jesse Lee's baby. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how I introduced myself. But then I told them, I gave them a little bit about myself because I think the lady, they told me I only had, like, because it had been so long. Like I said, I waited three hours. And they said that, you know, I only had, like, a minute. And with that being said, being that I was able to land the plane in the time, he just let me know that the most powerful speakers take the fewest words and make the first, like make the longest impact. Like, the biggest impact, all, yep. you know, so with that, I was told about the program and I was joined. I joined and it's been growth ever since. I've been honored to sit in his presence via Zoom every Thursday, you know, every other Tuesday. It's amazing. Like, it's live. It's uncut. Like, he gives of himself. You know, it's a whole different experience. And then to experience it live, oh, man, a whole nother energy. Was that your first time on the stage with Mr. Les Brown? Yes. That was my first time ever being in his presence. Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) I never experienced him other than, you know, YouTube, like, I've never went to any of his conferences because like where I'm from, I don't even know if he ever came to South Carolina. Everybody passes through South Carolina. And my thing is now, man, I'm South Carolina, 10 toes, never fold. Man, people are going to start stopping and be like, yo, I want to go do business in South Carolina because I know, I know Reject, I know Roe, I know Rashika Davis in South Uh Carolina. Uh How far is... Columbia to Atlanta. Three hours. Three like hours. Three okay. So that's not too bad of a drive. Cause I know Atlanta is like, it's the international hub of, of the United States, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize, I always thought that JFK was like, you know, when you're from New York, you think that 
everything revolves around New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I thought that uh, JFK was the busiest airport in the world. Then I found out that Atlanta was, you know, and I know that he's been to Atlanta a lot. You know, I know the tour is going to Atlanta also. Yeah. Will you be going to Atlanta? Hey, wherever there, wherever we're going, I'm going. Really? Yeah. Really? Hey, wherever we at, I'm hungry to speak. I'm hungry right. to be around it, you know? Man, we so, have some dynamic speakers in our circle. Like, everybody, I'm serious. They're fire. They're powerful. I know, I know. We come this. from a powerful leader. And then his son, John Leslie. John Leslie is amazing. John Leslie is the man. Like, man, he is the man. And they're loving and they're structured and they're about they're about business. They're about their father's business, you know? Yeah. For yeah. real. I met Ona at an event. Is she no longer involved? Yeah. No, Dr. Ona. No, she's amazing. She wasn't there in New York, was she? I didn't even know his, I mean, because I was volunteering, you know, I was working as well, you know, so I didn't even know his other kids were there because I was working, you right. know, I missed right. all of that, I, if there I missed it, but yes, Dr. Ona is amazing, she's amazing soul, oh my God. That's and she I doesn't even really speak that much, right, but she's an amazing speaker. She's more like behind the scenes, right? I don't even, I don't know about how much of engagement she has, but she is a dynamic speaker. She's amazing. I mean, from the top to the bottom, like, oh man, he's doing it. He is doing yeah. it. Listen, pays homage. He was born into this. You know, his, his mothers, both of his mothers, you know, he comes from greatness. Yeah. I love Les I love Brown. <laughs> I love him. I respect him. I, I have so him. much respect like, for him, too, yeah. Right now, because that man's amazing. Like, I don't yeah. think it don't make him like that anymore unless you're hungry to speak and you're tapped into that source. I mean, he really does stretch you and, and pulls out the greatness in you because there's greatness in us that we don't know nothing about, that we will sweep under the rug because we don't think it's enough, you know? Yeah. Man, he really does. I can't make this up. <laughs> and I'm happy that a little country girl, you know, had that alignment, you know, it means a lot. It means a lot. My goal is to build my community up, continue to give it, man, I'm going to build my community up, man. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited. When I heard you speak, I was like, let's go. I got to get Ro on the show. You know, I got to interview her and just uh, hear her story real quick. If you could give yourself some advice when you were 18, what type of advice would you give yourself? Like three pieces of advice. What, and that's what made me do that set piece. That poem that I recited, that was Londrell. That's an artist. His name is Londrell. L-O-N-D-R-E-L-L-E. Like the advice I would have given my younger self was, is what he said, like, never lose sight of the light in you. Never lose touch. With the love in you, because I remember, like, I got, I lost, I didn't even know light existed in me when I was younger self. It was all, it was dark for me, you mm. know, and I did lose touch. I lost touch with the love. I waxed cold, you know. I made decisions that I'm glad I, I grew from. Instead, I'm not in a, in a box, you know, I'm not in a, a jail cell. That's just my truth. 
that I grew through. And that's why I'm so passionate about being the change I want to see and speaking to the youth and speaking life into the youth and letting them know. the. Only, and when I did do, when I did work law enforcement, the only difference between me and them was I didn't get caught. I remembered that, you know, so it, it provided me the opportunity to serve in a different compassion from a different set of eyes, you know, as well as parenting like now, because I know what I wish I had as a kid. You know, I wish I wouldn't have lost the light, lost the sight of the light. I wish I wouldn't have lost touch of the love. But now that I know what I know, I'm sharing that, you know, I'm sharing that. Yeah, it's powerful. That's powerful. How many times have you been on stage now? Well, twice. Okay. I did an internet. My, I did first, my first speaking engagement was an international speaking engagement. It was wow. virtual, but it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. I've never did any of this before. How did you land that? The international one. We actually put it together within the Hungry to Speak groups. We have groups like we're broken yep. down into groups. And the name of, name of my group is Dare to Dream. And our okay. leader, our fearless leader, fearless, beautiful leader who's from the UK, you know, she had the vision and collectively, you know, we put it together and she made it happen, you know, and wow. we the world. So I have many people all over the world. Like, I can't make it up. It was amazing. Wow. It was amazing. See, now you, and then, I was just going to say, five years ago, you wouldn't have never realized that you'd be speaking to people internationally, you know? I was still trying to look for jobs, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then I find out, you know, by being mentored by the great Les Brown, a job is what you get paid for. But a calling is what you're made for. Oh, I and I know that. I'm made for this. So I feel the same way. I feel like I'm made to speak also, you know, I feel like I built this podcast to give a voice to, you know, first responders, frontline yeah. heroes, nurses, police officers, firemen, and um, just, you know, let their truth be heard. And, you know, whatever's on their heart, whatever their story is, let their stories be heard. And, yeah. um, you know, I just love meeting people and hearing like where they came from. You know, like a lot of people built themselves up from nothing to getting a good, solid job and then starting a business and becoming very successful. You know, a lot of people yeah. have done it. So the more stories you hear like that, the more you have belief that you could do it, too. I'll never forget. I was in a room with a guy named Mark Hoverson. Rest in peace. He died of mm -hmm. cancer. But um, I saw him give he gave a speech on the stage. He spoke for about 45 minutes. And then they had a breakout room and he spoke in that breakout room for like another 30 minutes. And he made an offer in that room for 10 people. I think there was about 30 people in the room, maybe more, maybe 30. It was a packed room, breakout room, maybe mm -hmm. 50 people in the room. He made an offer for $3,000 for people to fly to his house. And he said he would pick them up from the airport and bring them out to his house and he would spend the weekend with them going over their business. And the offer was for $3,000 for 10 people. Mm -hmm. I saw him make 30 K in that half an hour. And mm. that increased my belief that I was like, wow, this dude just made 30 K. Cause you know, I did the quick math. I'm like 3000. If I had it on my credit, the offer was so good. It was an irresistible offer. And I was like, if I had it on my card yeah. at the time, I didn't have it at the time, 
because, uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. raising a family. You know, I just didn't have it. <laughs> so, yeah, period, period, period. So I just didn't have it. So I was just remembering, I was like, man, if I had it, I would have done it too because the offer was that good. This guy's made multiple millions on the internet and he's offering to help you in your business. You know, you just got to fly to his house. He's going to feed you. He's going to treat you good. You're going to go on walks with him. I was like, man, that sounds incredible. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all about that life. But I yeah. just, I'll never forget that experience of being in that room and watching those people hold up their credit card, you know? And he did it so smooth. The offer was so smooth that it just, it stuck with me forever, you know? And that's just the power of a powerful speaker, you know? And when they make an offer and it's a really good offer, you realize like, wow, I got to take advantage of this offer. It's so good that you would feel like silly to not take advantage of the offer, you know? Facts. Hey, but I'm here, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm here for any of the law enforcement officers, any of them, if they need someone to speak to, you know, if they need somebody to vent with, if they want to bounce an idea off, you know, if they have anything going on, you know, I am here for them, you know, so let them know that as well. And they can book me. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Mental health, man, like that matters. Like we matter. We matter because a lot of times I know what it's like. You know, I know like we serve, 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 but we never self-care. So we burn out. I'm going to put together a show. It's going to be a virtual show, probably 10 to 15 speakers. And I think we're going to do it in October. I'm going to get you a good solid date. And Actually, I'm going to put together a couple of shows. One is going to be for uh, law enforcement so people can tell their stories, you know, like whatever it is. It's just going to be a storytelling show. Yeah. Um, and, and then, um, yeah, yeah. And the other one's going to be Tales from the Hood, you know? <laughs> That's therapy. But then yeah. we put that information together and for we positivity. can solve a yeah. problem. Yes, for positivity. Yep. Yes. Solve a problem. Be a solution. Yeah. It's not just going to be funny. It's going to be to solve a problem. Yeah. But it is funny. I mean, because I just say, hey, man, have fun in this shit. But hey, it's funny. I mean, but we're going to solve problems. You know, yes. therapy, I'm telling you, like, I, I salute you for this because I'm telling you, you're going to help a lot of officers and people in the hood. Like, for real. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so far from the hood right now. <laughs> man, man, you in paradise? Yeah, man. Oh. Look at these flowers right here. <laughs> you can't make this up. Yeah. Man, exotic. You can't make this up. Man. You know? I got a challenge coming up. Leading up is to commemorate the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Uh, it's from okay. 9-6 to 9-10. It's called uh, 5K in five days. So it's mm-hmm. a challenge to help people make money, basically, you know, with this story. And that is going to be at 12 o'clock Eastern, about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour a day. I'm going to be working with people. So if you know any law enforcement officers, I'm going to send you the link. It's findingahero.com uh, forward yeah. slash challenge. I'm going to send you the link. So if you know any officers that are still on that could use that extra money, I'll, uh, yes. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to send you the link. All right. Okay. 
I've been shooting videos from here in Hawaii. It's like, I don't live. And I, you know, I'm honest with people. I'm like, I don't live here, but someday I will. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? I, I feel so go ahead blessed. and say, I do live. No, I, I live here for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I live here for this week, but, um, you know what? Honestly, I feel very blessed that I have my career, you know, as an officer for 23 years and a detective now that I'm able to afford to come to places like, like I could come here once a year if I wanted to. And it's expensive, but I can afford it. You know, I can swing it now. So like if yeah. I was in that room, yeah. if I was in that room where he offered that $3,000 for a weekend, it was just for, it was like three days, you know, it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was for a weekend, 3K. I could swing it now. So I, you know, I'm very grateful that I have that credit and I have that ability and I have that money in the savings now, you know, like I'm doing, I'm in a good place now. So I want to share that love and, you know, I want to help other people get that as well, you know, get in that situation yeah, so that man. they can come, so they can come to Hawaii with me, you know, <laughs> I'm on a plane. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what it's all that's about. That's what it's all about. You know, taking, care, taking care of your family. Yeah, man. That's all, man. That's all I'm going to do. You know, I, like I write, like and that's my song. Like it starts telling about me. I was always a little girl who wanted to, man, just ease my mom and dad's burdens because they all they thought about was money. Yeah. You know, because we never, we never had. Yep. You know? Yep. So, man, I want to change that. So many so, people don't know how. They just don't know how to get it. You know, they don't yeah. know how to solve other people's problems and how. They just don't know how to do it. You know, they don't know how to offer value to people. You said, I write, Nas has a song, Nas and Dave East, I think. It's called, I Wrote My Way Out. And I think about... Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, write that down. I wrote my way out. Yeah. So I know that you can use that within your talks, you know, your talks that you use, because you actually are a writer. I'm a writer as well. I wrote a book, but I don't write daily like I should. But mm -hmm. anyone can use, whether it's music or speaking or becoming an author, anyone can use writing to write their way out of whatever situation they're in, you know? And yes. it doesn't have to be a book. Sometimes it could be a 45-minute speech and they can write their way out with that one speech, right? You know what I'm saying, right? You, yes, you can write, yes, I'm you can write your way. You can write your way out of whatever situation you're in. And so when I heard that title... I thought about it and I was like, man, anybody could apply that and write their way out of whatever situation they're in. You could write your, you could write your story. You can literally write it out mm -hmm. and be like, this is the life that I live now. You know? Yes. Let's go, man. You just gave Let's me. Let's go. Yeah. You just gave me something different. Like, because I do this. Hey, I'm writing my way out. You're Talk writing your way, way out. Yeah. Listen to that song when we get off. All right. For sure, I'm man. I'm lit. <laughs> you enjoy Hawaii. Hey, send me some pictures. I will and enjoy yourself. I will. I will definitely check out my Instagram. I know we're connected on there, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out because I'm posting up stories like almost every day. I didn't put a lot on my main feed. I'll probably do a reel. You know, like I, I'll say something like about what we just talked about, and uh, I'll put that up on my main story, but. Instagram now, they want video. They want more video and stories mm -hmm. than they do photos. So photos don't really get the love from the algorithms like they used to. Now they said they're more of a video yeah. platform because they're competing with TikTok and YouTube. Those are the two number, yeah. you know, number two competitors. 
they're competing for attention. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody's competing for attention. I saw you doing your push ups, by the way. <laughs> nice work. Oh, yeah. so in shape. Nice work. Thank you. I see your gun. Yeah, man. I see your you know, guns, bro. Flexing for the camera. <laughs> you know, I kept myself, it's a shame when people let themselves get out of shape, you know? Because uh, you ask anybody, yeah, health is number one before the money. Health is wealth. You ask, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, would he want that? Would he want hundreds of billions or would he want his health? And he's no longer here with us. Yep. You know, he wants, he would want his health. It doesn't matter how many billions you have. It matters, you know, how many breaths you take and the quality of your breaths, you know? Man, you better preach. You thank better you, preach. Thank you. And I think about my sister who's no longer here. She passed away of cancer. And she, mm-hmm. man, my sister very financially free. But if you could give her, take away all that money and give her back her quality of health, I guarantee she would have given the money back. Yeah. True story, because I saw her, I saw the her eyes, you know, as, as her health declined when she couldn't walk anymore. You know, when I was there as her little sister, you know, getting her dressed because she's paralyzed, like, yo, I seen that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I go hard. Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss on that one, too. You had a lot of loss in your life. We all have, but we're still standing. And, you know, as long as we got breath, we can breathe breath into other people. Yep. Yep. I give life. That's it. I say, call me CPR. That's all I got. All right. A couple more questions before I let you go. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Like a comic superpower. A comic one? Yeah. Is love too deep? Uh, Well, how would you use it? Would you just like tap people on the shoulder like like Cupid? How would you do? Would you would you hit them with, with like a a, lo- a a love bullet? <laughs> exactly, a love bullet, a boomerang, like yo, or something that would like wake them up. Like, come on now, that part. No, Let's love's go. not too deep. Oh, man, I think you're the deep. first person. You're the first person that ever said that. Yeah, and, and like when I release these words, those are my bullets. When I say let's go, it can reach across the universe and man, hit them and man, they wake up. They wake up with it. a new mindset and it's love. They like, damn, that feels amazing. <laughs> so quick but question I love, for you. I do look, oh, I'm pointing, but you can't see because I have this picture. Yeah, back, I, can't, I, I can't see it. Yeah, when I get back home, I'll show you all of my wall of superheroes too, because I love I love comic heroes too. So that's why I'm yeah. all about the heroes myself. What's your greatest power today? Your greatest ability? That, your strength? My, my best ability is gratitude. That's my mm. best quality. Mm. Gratitude. Because like I said, I wasn't always so thankful for where I am now and what I have. But now, like, the level of gratitude that I have, like, it looks amazing. It looks like paradise to me now, you know? And, man, gratitude is is my best quality these days. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right, and my, my last question for you before I let you go is, how do you show yourself love? How do you take care of yourself? You know, when stress is starting to get high and you're starting to feel a little low, how do you show yourself love? As I'm learning more about myself, you know, I'm learning these things. But I, first and foremost, because I we experience highs and lows. And when you're low, sometimes you're low, low. But I, I think of good things. I think of something good and beautiful, even if it's my children. Like, yo, I love my children. 
I love them and I think about them. And as I begin to climb, you know, prom, climb out of the darkness, you know, pull myself up. I think about them first. And then I, I come out to my board and I speak life because I have affirmations all on my board. And then there's a particular music I play. Uh-huh. You know, I love, there's an artist I met on Clubhouse. She's a, a violist. Her name is Christian Leon. That's her name. You can find her on any platform. The title of her album is Elpis. And it's a music, it's music. But this music gives me energy. It gives me life. And from there I can, man, I, I walk and I up and I appreciate the sun and the clouds. And man, I just look at the nature and that helps me to get to where I want to be. I become heaven on earth, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. Bro, I appreciate this time with you this morning. Yes. I know it's not morning for you. It's like afternoon. <laughs> yeah, but this was amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you again for thinking of Thank- me. Yeah, no, when I heard you speak in New York City, I was like, I got I to gotta connect with Ro, you know? And then when we yeah. met outside, it was supposed to happen, you know? Yeah, divine. That's right. It was supposed to happen. Yes. I appreciate it. And we we'll definitely, we'll talk once I hang up on this, all right? All right, then. Have a great day. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just, just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith1. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.